This is Jones Financial Talk with Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Nick provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Jones Financial Talk with your host, Nick Jones. Well, hello and welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. This is Nick Jones from Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Listeners, if you'd like more information what you hear on this fine show today, please go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. You can click on the radio page and check out all of the past shows. Lots of great educational materials there that my co-host Tony Shore and I come up with weekly to share with you. Um, one of those main things that actually I wanted to talk about on our on our show today was debt. Because, you know, for many people, debt is just a part of life that we have to talk through and try to figure out together. And um, there are common things that everybody uses debt for, like their mortgages and college loans and auto loans. But we do that because it provides us with something that we enjoy, something for our family. Uh, Many people, unfortunately, get into a conversation with me because they have too much debt and it's controlling their life. And every penny that goes into their own pocket just gets turned around and goes to somebody else's. So I thought that we would talk about ways today to get your debt under control. Uh, Before we do that, though, I know a lot of you have called in and asked questions and a lot of my clients have about this whole banking debacle that is kind of ripped through the uh, the economic uh, situation lately and, and obviously been a huge part of the news. So I thought Tony and I would discuss that for a few minutes first. Yeah, that sounds good. Nick, thanks for having me on the show. First of all, great to be here. Always great hanging out with you. And I'm excited for this week's show. And I'm glad you mentioned what's going on out there because I know a lot of our listeners do have questions. And I, I wondered what your whole take on this situation is. Well, the funny thing is my topic for the show today was going to be debt and debt consolidation and debt help for individuals. But perfect. Gosh, the truth is (laughs) we just got some debt issues in the whole system, right? The financial system has had some significant problems. And, you know, a couple of small banks, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank (laughs) uh, failed recently. And there's been just some very interesting thing in the news, interesting topics. But basically, they weren't regulated enough. And, you know, they were not exactly balancing their own budget and keeping track of the own debt that those that those banks were part of. And so as a result of it, as interest rates just continue to go up, what happens? Um, their assets fell in value. And then as soon as people wanted money out of the bank, there wasn't enough to actually repay their actual investors. Pretty scary thing for most people, right? Yeah, that is scary. I mean, especially Silicon Valley Bank, which is one of the largest banks to ever uh, fail like this, Uh, they had a lot of uh, companies' money and a lot of money flowing through there, but they didn't hang on to it. They invested it, of course, a lot of it, uh, most of it, the way it sounds, probably too much of it. They didn't keep enough on hand uh, to cover uh, much, but uh, they put it all in treasuries, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Yeah. and so the funny thing here, or not funny, but it's interesting to think through, um, you would think the most secure investment ever would be a government bond, 
or government, you know, treasury securities right. or something of that nature. Yeah. But that is actually the reason why the bank failed. And you're correct. Two things. They invested in in very, very short-term in- instruments that weren't paying them very much interest. And as soon as interest rates went up as quickly as they did, what happens? Well, the value of those bonds that they hold on their own balance sheet now go down drastically. This kind of happened to most Americans last year if you had a bond portfolio. Yeah. The bond market was down 15%. Same thing happens for banks. And in this specific situation, their solvency ratio, meaning the money they actually had on the books to pay out to their uh, to their shareholders, was like 20% or less. And so if a lot of people asked them for money and they don't have the cash to be able to give it to them, what do they do? They have to start selling these short-term instruments at a loss. And if you add insult to injury in that situation and you have to sell everything, it's a really, really difficult situation. Yeah. Um, We've talked a lot about this with our clients in the last week or two, Tony. You know, most most big banks in the United States have solvency ratios of, let's say, 50 to 60 percent. So much more well capitalized and they've got lots, lots of, um, of cash on hand to be able to give to their shareholders if they need it. Um, Charles Schwab, who a lot of people ask us about because we specifically use TD Ameritrade and Charles Schwab right. from a brokerage standpoint, um, has like 80 percent of their investments in FDIC you know, insured positions and has huge liquidity. So they don't have any issues. But the interesting thing here is I've talked to so many clients and clients go, well, a bank only has 50 or 60% of their assets, you know, that are solvent at any time. I said, yeah, isn't that crazy? Um, you think about an insurance company. A lot of people in our industry talk about different insur- insurance right. products. I was going to ask you about that because insurance yeah. companies are required to have like 110%. And the reason why is they don't loan money out. An insurance company is not a bank. They cannot loan money out like banks do. Right. And yeah. The the insurance companies that we use that are high A-class rated companies have 110, 120% solvency ratios. I mean, think about that. They've yeah. actually got 10 to 20% more on the books than all of the policies that are outstanding. Yeah. I read that there's never been an insurance company that has a defaulted or not paid on an annuity. Yep. And that's and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is because of these solvency ratios, but also most insurance companies and products are also guaranteed in some way, not by FDIC insurance, but typically at the state level. So sure. here in Oregon, we have a guarantee association here in Oregon that helps um, situations where uh, in any insurance company that is a, a, a low provider um, has issues. Um, they're they're backed by kind of some insurance here in the state of Oregon. Sure. I would say. Sure. Plus, uh, usually uh, another insurance company, if one starts to struggle a little bit, a bigger company usually swallows them up and they remain solvent and you never even know it happened. That's right. Unlike and- banks where there's a panic and then there's a run on the money and then the bank can't pay. That's interesting. I always thought yeah. you always hear like, oh, you want a bank because it's FDIC insured. So it's the safest option. Uh, but right now it's ironic. It's Everything's turned on its head because- Usually bonds are safe, the, the quote unquote safe option. And and I know the past isn't indicative of future, but in the past, you know, it was 60-40 at 40% in bonds, that's safety. Uh, but man, bonds last year tanked and they're doing bad now too. They were down 15% last year. And yeah. like I said, that was one of the main reasons that some of these specific banks are having issues. Now, the problem that I see with this and that's that's unfortunate is these small regional banks and credit unions that are, in my opinion, so important to many, many communities are going to consolidate. They're going to have more regulation. They're probably going to have some situations where some of these even go under. And um, 
you know, that that's never a fun and good thing. You know, no, I mean, we need good. them in our banking industry. Right. What the big behemoths want, right? The huge five, six banks in the United States, they just want to own everything. They're going to buy all of these banks that are available um, because consolidation is is a great thing for them. But that takes away the competition aspect of everything in life. Right. If you have a monopoly on anything or too many to, to, or not too many players in, in any specific space, it's not healthy for the yeah. environment. So Yeah, and it's too bad that the actions of some of these banks and, and things like this have led to we're probably going to have to have more regulations, which isn't necessarily a good thing either, but it, it just seems like a necessary evil. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, I it's a frustrating thing. Um, you know, it's it, always when there's situations like this that happen, there's just a few outliers that kind of mess things up for the majority of everybody else. Yes. Um, you know, but the reason why, you know, I wanted to touch on this a little bit today, Tony, is you, you have to make sure that your assets are diversified in many different ways. You can't just assume that if you have all of your eggs in one basket sitting in one spot, that everything's fine, you know? And so you should be using multiple banks. You should be using multiple banking lending organizations when you have anything that you're doing, you know, from a financial perspective. Um, insurance companies as well, like we talked about. There's many different ways to diversify a portfolio. Most people just think about the stock and bond allocation like you doc talked about earlier, but you also have to do that by every in individual institution that issues these types of investments. And if you don't, and something like this happens, you're going to have some short-term pain. Yeah. And you you've, know? I know this because you've talked about it a lot on past shows, Nick. And I learned this from you that asset allocation is so important. And really, that's what you're talking about, right? If I, I bet you've had clients come in, and I know you've told me about this, where either they have everything in the market or they have everything in a bank. All their savings are, is sitting in a bank or all their savings is sitting in the market. And we've learned over the past year and a half, that's not a good idea, right? That's right. And you know, if you think about how most people invest, I think there's probably four main things that they look at, right? They look at stocks, look at bonds, they look at real estate and some kind of banking instrument. That's about what you got. And what's happened in the last 18 months, every single one of those has gone down and they've been terrible Yeah, for most investors. Yeah. But the point is you got to diversify yourself in many different areas. Uh, oddly enough, right before this happened, many investors were coming in and we were talking about short-term interest rates at banks and, oh, I can get a great CD rate and this is how things are going to be for a while. That's probably not the case. I mean, what's happened locally after this little banking debacle that we've had is most credit unions and banks are starting to shorten the window where they're going to guarantee an interest rate. Yeah. So I always wonder about this. Why do credit unions issue 13 and 14 month CDs or Chase? I was at Chase the other day. They got a six month CD, but you can also do a seven or an eight month, like seven wow. and eight months. Like why, why? It's such a weird like number. But the point yeah. is. The point I'm trying to make is, you know, everybody's like, well, rates are higher, so we're just going to make more money in CDs. That's going to be short term. Everything, everything in the markets changes so quickly. It does. You just have to understand like why. Uh, uh, so, so one of the things that's been really interesting uh, as a result of this whole situation is talking about where we think interest rates are going to go, because that is the key to what basically broke the system this time. Right. And, and nobody has, a, the problem is nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody does. Nobody does. They think that we're getting inflation under control. And so maybe we will slowly only creep up a little bit rate wise for the rest of this year or flatten out and then start cutting next year in 2024. But the interesting thing is 
that's one of the main reasons that the banking industry and the credit unions are offering shorter term CDs. They've got no idea short term where rates are going and they're scared to lock it up too long. Okay. And, and on the flip side, uh, like we talked about insurance companies can't loan your money out. Okay. And so what do they do? Well, if they want to grow and attract capital, they have to give you a higher rate than a bank and they have to give it to you for a longer period of time. Right. Okay. So it's kind of an interesting concept, but that's the idea. So there's no guarantees in anything in life. And uh, you just have to make sure you're sitting down with somebody and discussing all the details to make sure that your specific situation is being handled appropriately, not just from the investment standpoint and the asset allocation standpoint, but the companies that you're using right. and um, the different instruments that you're using. Sure. Well, that that's the key though, right there in this climate and in general anyway, regardless of the bank crisis or what the market's doing, you need a solid financial plan and you need to work with a financial services professional, someone like yourself, Nick, uh, to really uh, help you formulate a plan that you can stick to that takes into account market volatility, growth, safety, and really looks at all the buckets, tax, uh, minimizing the tax burden, everything like that. And we've talked a lot about that on past shows, but I think this really illustrates that point, doesn't it? It sure does. Yeah. Every single time that something like this occurs, it just breeds another opportunity to consider uh, something different. You sure. know, on the tax standpoint, a lot of uh, uh, nobody, right, in the last four or five years has had the opportunity to do some, you know, some significant tax planning when it comes to investments because most people's investments have just gone straight up. Right. right? But right. now you should be talking to your advisor as an example about like tax loss harvesting because you've got this opportunity to take some losses in the portfolio and help you from a tax perspective. If it's beneficial, you should be talking about those types of things. So yeah, lo- lots of things that we can discuss when when we're throwing a curveball. The funny thing is, I feel like every day I wake up in the last two years and I'm throwing a different curveball in the markets. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, and it's a, right. I guess it keeps me on my toes and it's and it's super fun, right? Super fun. Well, I know you love helping people and you love strategizing and you've been doing this for a long time. Jones and Associates has been doing this for a long time, helping your clients with this. And I know you love t- hearing from our cl- uh, our listeners out there. You love hearing from them. So uh, I want to encourage our listeners to pick up the phone and give you a call because every situation is different. You know, uh, all this affects everyone differently and everybody's at a different point. So everybody gets a unique plan and needs a unique plan for their finances, for their retirement, how to create retirement income. Do I have enough money for retirement? Where should my money be for that? So I make sure it's there when I need it. It's not all in a bank that's going under. It's not all in the market during a down year. So I know that a plan is important. How can our listeners get a hold of you to get that plan in place? You know what? I'll do even one time better for you, Tony. Okay. I wrote a book recently called The Knowledgeable Retiree. Yes. And what I would do is I would tell our listeners to go on our website, jonesfinancialtalk.com yes. and ask for a copy of the book. I'd be happy to mail you one. And it outlines everything you just discussed, a complete blueprint plan and how that actually works for most people with income planning, estate planning, taxation, everything's covered there. So I'd urge our listeners to go to jonesfinancialtalk.com and get a copy of that today. All right. Sounds good. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion here on Jones Financial Talk. Most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages, 62, 66, or 70. 
But did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file? Call Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions at 541-773-9567 or visit jonesfinancialtalk.com to request your complimentary Social Security Maximization Report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit. And welcome back to Jones Financial Talk. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore. I'm here with our host, the man with the plan, Nick Jones. And Nick, in our first segment, you talked a lot about this the current bank issues that are going on, the bank crisis, I guess we're calling it. And I guess your advice would be don't panic, but work with a financial professional, right? Yeah, you got to ask the right questions and make sure that uh, your specific situation is in the best possible um, you know, situation for you, yeah. I guess is what I would say. Yeah, sure. And one thing that's going to help with that is making sure your debt is under control. And I know you wanted to talk about debt today as well. Um, yep. Where do you want to begin with that? Maybe a couple of stats just so that people understand where we're at. You know, as, as a result of uh, the economic cycle that we've had and how things have um, transpired really since COVID hit with all the stimulus in the economy, you know, if you look at last year, uh, we were growing, you know, household debt by about $250 billion a quarter, a quarter. Okay. Wow. And today, you know, America's collective debt load is currently about 16 to $17 trillion. That's right? crazy. And, and even with this crazy downturn that we've had in the market in the last 15 months, people are still spending money. And one of the reasons for that is credit cards right? The, the number one debt animal that everybody talks about. Um, Americans have grown their credit card debt by about $80 billion in the last year. Wow. Okay. And a lot of that probably uh, has occurred in say the fourth quarter and the first quarter of this year. And so that has been frustrating for lots of things economically. That is one of the main reasons that inflation is continuing to go up Yep, and why the Federal Reserve is continuing to raise rates. But what I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about today was debt can be good for you. It can be good for, for many things um, in retirement and prior to retirement. But there's also some strategies that maybe you should consider to um, reduce that debt if it's, uh, if it's too much of a burden. Yeah. Right? I think a large amount of debt can be really stressful for people, obviously. And you want to be able to sleep well at night. You don't want that added stress. So working with somebody like yourself to get your debt reduced, get out of debt, especially before retirement is critical, isn't it? Yeah. And also think about the environment we're in. A couple of years ago, it was cheaper to have debt. And now it's much more expensive, right? Interest rates have gone up. And so, you know, that's just something that we need to need to think about. I mean, most financial professionals think it's adequate or fair, I guess, if you have somewhere around 30 to 35% um, you know, of your income kind of tied to debt, your debt to income ratio, I'll call it. Um, so what that would mean is, you know, if you're currently earning somewhere like a hundred thousand dollars a year annually, um, you know, you'd want to structure your finances so that you have no more than 30,000 of that money that's used to pay off debt that you have. And that can add up quick. I mean, you think about a mortgage, you think about a car loan, um, think about the lower end loans that you don't want as many of like credit cards. Um, it's difficult, but there are lots of things that you can do to not only reduce that number down, but also just be smart about how to use debt. Yeah. yeah and let's go over some of those. I mean, I, I'm just afraid though, one of them is going to be the B word and it's a dirty word, right? 
Well, well, everything leads back to the budget, Tony. Budget, right. A lot of people don't like hearing about the budget. I mean, hey, uh, you know, you talk about high credit card debt. I have to use something to pay for all those record albums and all that pizza I buy. You know that, <laughs> right? The, well, and it's interesting. I've read lots of articles recently that are talking to younger kids. Uh, I say kids, like college students, sure. things that are that are telling them, put your rent on a, on a credit card. What? I mean, how crazy is that? That's nuts. You should never, and, and ever do that. There's a reason why there's different types of debt in our country and different rates for each, e- sure, each specific situation. Sure, there's bad debt, right? That's right. And some of them gives you ta- give you tax advantages. The other ones just erode basically every dollar that you have. You know, and so, um, yeah, the interesting thing for me is so many times, many of my clients that are obviously retired are on one thing, a fixed income. They know where they're at. They know how much money they have to live on. They know how long their assets can last if they stay consistent with a budget. But in many situations, the way that we can help them is to refinance some debt. You know, we've talked a lot about that on some of our shows before. T- today, though, we're not really in that environment. We're not in an environment where you can refinance things and get lower rates. And um, we're on the opposite end. Everything's going up. So we need to focus more on paying things off and considering ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. And maybe instead of calling it a budget, you can call it a spending plan if that makes you feel better. But you have to look at where you're at and where you can get money to pay down that debt. Definitely. Definitely. Um, And if you have to pull more money out of your retirement assets and pay taxes on them to cover debt, uh, that's even a worse situation, right? Yeah, that's really, um, I I hate to use this term, but you really need to have that money in a lockbox, right? I yep. mean, uh, that's for retirement. That's why there are penalties if you take it out before you're 59 and a half, right? Even if yep. you're over 59 and a half, if you're not retired, you should not touch that money. Uh, you've said that before on the show, I believe. Yep. Um, you know, and when it comes to debt, there are many different, you know, approaches that you can take to help reduce the debt that you have in your, in your overall, you know, financial world. And, and, um, this all comes back to one thing, though. It doesn't really matter which tactic you take that makes you feel better to pay this debt off. It's having a plan to be able to do it. So maybe sure. we can talk about a couple of those. You know, let's say that you've got five or six different debts outstanding, mm-hmm. and the ones like your mortgage and your car loan—they're long-term loans. They're not going to go anywhere. You're going to keep your house for a while. Uh, the others, like student student loans or credit card debt or other small debts, for I don't know something you purchased recently, a, a trip or a, or a furniture or something like that. Um, those are the ones that you can try to figure out quicker, right? Um, so some people would say, well, pay the minimum on the majority of those and then just focus on on paying one off. And, you know, that will obviously allow you to, to put more money towards one specific loan on a monthly basis um, to try to pay it off quicker. Sure. So That's there's one two, yeah. So there's two schools of thought, right? I mean, uh, like maybe focus on one of the smaller debts and pay that off because you can get it paid off right away, and that'll free up that money to tackle the next one and give you a sense of accomplishment to keep you on the path. Is that what you're saying? Makes you feel good when you know that okay, I can check the box and say I don't have that one anymore. Yeah. What's you know? the other one that a lot of people well, use? Is and as soon as you do that, though, make sure that when you check that box, you just get rid of that credit card. Well, yeah, don't come back into it. Obviously, you got to cut it up. Yeah, that's that's the first thing. Yeah. So the other approach is just looking at your overall debt and paying the highest debt that you have first, or the highest interest. 
right. highest interest rate. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that you know that you're getting yourself into a better situation. And this has come up a lot. I mean, if if anybody bought a house or refinanced in say the the previous five years uh, to 2022 when rates started going up, um, if your interest rate on a 30 year mortgage is like below four percent. I hate to even say it, but just don't even pay the thing off. Like, just keep the loan forever. Yes. The rate is so low. Yeah. You're just, you know, the opportunity cost at other other debt situations is just w- w- way better, right, to consider. So Yeah, pay the minimum um, amount on that since there's hardly any interest and use the mo- use any extra money you have instead of putting it toward the, the low interest, uh, put it toward the stuff that's killing you. Like, I mean, there are credit cards right now that are at 24, 25% interest. Right. Right. And if you're in a situation like that, I think you and you you have a difficult time trying to figure out if you're going to pay those off. You should look for other opportunities. There's lots of opportunities in the credit card world like balance transfers. Yes. That you could do. You know, most companies offer zero percent balance transfers for 18 months, let's say. And if you can find a situation like that where the interest stops accruing um, so you can focus on paying it down quicker, give yourself a little bit of breathing room. That's great. Now, there are fees typically involved with doing that, but um, that would be something you should consider, I would think, for sure. Sure, sure. And uh, again, if people have questions about this, they can check out the website and um, uh, go to jonesfinancialtalk.com, correct? Definitely. Lots of great information on there. The other thing I would say, Tony, also is um, we talked at the beginning of the show about how difficult the bank banking industry has been and the, the issues that they're having. Sure. I was just looking today because a couple of clients were asking me about mortgage rates and other rates. And gosh, locally, there's a bunch of credit unions and banks that are starting to lower their rates again already um, or just have very reasonable rates. So if you are thinking you're going to buy something, motorhome, uh, a boat, uh, a car, whatever. A house. Uh, if it's if right. it's a big investment, I mean, you need to think about where you can get the best deal. And you still should shop it because- you know, we're in this environment where people are like, well, interest rates are going up. There's never going to be another deal. It's not going to work out to my advantage. But that's not the truth. Like there are banks right now that are aggressive. They're trying to to to, to get you to um, to loan some money, right? Because they want to they want to be able to get something on their end. Um, and just I guess the point here is you don't, you want to shop around and you want to continue to look. Well, on that note, we're almost out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we go? I just urge our listeners, as always, to go to our website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. Lots of great information on there. You can request a copy of the book if you'd like to learn more information about how to build an income plan. Uh, We've got social security planning techniques and things like that on our website. And also, you can always hear Mr. Tony Shore (laughs) on a weekly basis right on the website with me, Nick Jones. Lots of fun, Nick. Thank you so much. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Jones Financial Talk with our host, Nick Jones. Thank you for listening to Jones Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Nick Jones at Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions. Call 541-773-9567 or visit their website at jonesfinancialtalk.com. 
based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions, a registered investment advisor in the state of Oregon. Insurance products and services are offered through Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions. Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions and Jones & Associates Insurance Solutions are affiliated companies. Nick Jones and Jones & Associates Premier Financial Solutions are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.